everyone. Welcome to another Lost Ladies of Lit mini episode. I'm Kim Askew here with my co-host, Amy Helms. Hey guys. Before we get into today's topic, we want to give all you listeners a quick heads up that Kim and I are going to be taking a brief hiatus starting next week. Yeah, after more than two years of putting out weekly episodes, we thought a holiday break was in order. And actually, we won't really be taking much of a break. Um, Amy and I have two other writing gigs we're on deadline for, and we need to devote all our energy to that for the next few weeks. Paid writing gigs for the win. Yeah, but don't worry. We will be back with brand new episodes beginning the week of February 7th. Yeah, absolutely. And if you subscribe to this podcast, wherever you listen, you won't miss a beat. And you can also subscribe to our newsletter at lostladiesoflit.com. So we'll keep you posted there as well when we have a new episode. Yeah, we'll be back in a jiffy. And I'm really so excited about the Lost Ladies that we have coming up for 2023. We've been busy behind the scenes, getting them ready for you. And in the meantime, I think this short intermission of ours will give you all some time to go back and maybe catch up on some of our past episodes that you haven't had time to check out. I'd say we recommend them all, (laughs) but we'll post a few of our favorites as encore presentations until our return. Yes, you can also use that time to go back and read some of our Lost Ladies. There are so many great titles to tackle, and we'll be excited to tell you about these other outside writing projects when the time comes. So now back to the show. New Year's Eve is coming up. Uh, Kim, as a kid, I have so many memories of going over to my parents' friend's house. The kids would all immediately head down to the basement. We were probably locked down there. (laughs) (laughs) Stay down there. Don't come out. Yeah, exactly. But we had the best time. We would break into two teams, the girls and the boys. And then we would put on these make me laugh challenges based on this TV show. I guess that was once out called that. I remember crying with laughter at our antics, like pee your pants funny. That sounds so fun. There was like a dress up box with costumes and stuff. So we would put those on. It was like stupid impressions. Sometimes there was a lip syncing kind of thing. And then upstairs, all the adults would usually be playing some sort of game. So Pictionary, that type of stuff. But there was one game from the 1980s. I don't know if any listener will remember this game. It was from Milton Bradley. The parents were obsessed with it. The kids were obsessed with it. We always wanted to play along with the parents. It was called Dark Tower. And it was this kind of Lord of the Rings feel like fantasy game. Where was you it go- based on Stephen King's Dark Tower series? I don't know. That's a really good question. Yeah. I'm not enough of a Stephen King fan that I would have read that. But I don't know. You tell me. It's set kind of like in this fantasy Middle Earth kind of thing where you're like an army commander and there's these brigand type monsters that you come up against. You have to cross this circular game board where there's three frontiers. And to get into each frontier, you have to do battle to find a key and you don't know where the key is. And then once you get all the way around back to your own kingdom, you have to amass this huge army of soldiers. You need to have food to feed the soldiers and you need to have cash to buy the food for the soldiers. And then once you have all that, you storm the dark tower and it's an electronic tower in the middle. It seemed so high tech and ahead of its time. And now if you go online and try to find a vintage dark tower game, they cost like 200 to $500. 
I had never heard of that, but I could see loving that when I was that age. You would love it. You would love it. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember anything like that. Um, I remember we would do performances and our parents and their friends would do performances for us kind of back at us that would really make us laugh. But game nights, we would go to my grandma and grandpa's house and we'd play Sorry or Monopoly or something like that with them. That was kind of the extent of game nights. And I like the idea of having game nights with Cleo, because I think that could be a really fun family night game night. I don't know if you guys did that. Yeah, we had to during the pandemic because there's nothing else to do. I hate card games. Uh I don't love board games a ton. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Like something like Sorry, where you're just going around. No, I need more involved in it. I think the Victorian parlor games, which is what we're going to be discussing in today's episode, would maybe be more up my alley. Mm -hmm. You know, New Year's Eve is coming up. You guys might be having people over to your house. What do you do? How do you entertain them? Maybe you want to think about a few of these (laughs) Victorian activities. I don't know. I'd do it. Would you? Would you be Mm -hmm. game for it? Yeah, absolutely. Pun intended. I was reflecting back on one of our earliest episodes on E.M. Delafield's Diary of a Provincial Lady, because I remember the narrator in that book talked about playing a game called General Post. She's at the Women's Institute Committee. They're having a party. She writes, we all play general post and get very heated. Signal success of the evening when two stout and elderly members collide in the middle of the room and both fall heavily to the floor together. So, of course, that made me run to the Internet. (laughs) What is general post? What is it? What are the rules? And I don't think we discussed it in that episode, but basically it's kind of musical chairs meets blind man's bluff. So there's two rows of chairs that face each other, or it could be chairs in a circle. And everybody who's sitting in a chair is assigned a town or a neighborhood. So like in our parlance, it would be Pasadena and Santa Monica. You know, that's you and me. Yeah. So then there's another person that gets blindfolded and wanders around all these chairs. And then there's one person who is appointed the postmaster general, and they shout out directions. So they'll say something like, I want to post a letter from Pasadena to Santa Monica. So that would mean you and I, Kim, would have to jump up out of our chair, clap hands, I believe, switch seats with each other and sit back down without getting caught by the blindfolded person. Oh, wow. That kind of sounds fun, but also dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. Ow. I'm clumsy enough without. I could see two women bumping into each other and falling on the ground. Yeah, for sure. I feel like parlor games of the past were much more physical. And speaking of physical, while I was looking up the rules for General Post, I found another old-fashioned game that I kind of got confused for at the beginning. It's called Post Office. This is a kissing game that teenagers used to play, basically three minutes in a closet. But the whole group is involved with the kissing. So here are the rules via Wikipedia that I found on the topic. The group playing is divided into two groups, typically a girl's group and a boy's group. One group goes into another room, such as the bedroom, which is called the post office. And to play, each person from the other group individually visits the post office. Once there, they get a kiss from everyone in that room, and then they return to the original room. This would not fly today. We could not send a girl no. by herself into a room with 10 points no, no, and no. get kissed all over. No. Um, 
Once everyone in the first group has taken a turn, the other group begins sending members to the first room. So they just switch back and forth going. Okay, to- you have a little opportunity in any kind of state of Victorian era to have a little fun. So of yeah. course you want to play these parlor games. A little naughty. Yeah. And also Laura Ingalls Wilder lists this game as one of the ones she played in her book, Pioneer Girl. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Racy. Yeah. It's like they're just looking for an excuse to hook up. Yeah. Because <laughs> they didn't have a lot of opportunity. We're, we're just playing games, mom. We're just playing some parlor games. I also found a ton of other parlor games that were mentioned in that biography of Lady Diana Cooper that I read earlier this year. And I'll go over a few of the ones that she lists that they did all the time. We already know charades, um, consequences. I don't know. Do you know the rules of consequences? I've heard of it. Um, Do you know also, because they're kind of related, have, have you heard of the surrealist game Exquisite Corpse? Is that the one where you have to complete a story that started? That's Consequences. Oh, okay. Well, what's it? I like the name Exquisite Corpse. Okay. So I'll start with Exquisite Corpse. It's a game that the surrealist artists came up with where you kind of take a piece of paper, you fold it in three sections, and then you start with just the one top third showing. And then the first person will draw like a head of a crazy fantastical creature or whatever they want it to be. Then they fold that under. Then the next person takes the middle section and they kind of create the body torso section of whatever mm-hmm. it'll be third person and, you know, switch it, fold it under. So you don't know what you're drawing, uh-huh. what it's going to match up to. And then the third person will draw the legs and feet and stuff. And then, so when they're done and they've, it's gone all the way around, they open it up and they see what kind of crazy creature they created it's funny i when i was helping do jack's art classes in school last year that's one of the projects we did and they loved it oh i bet they they did oh that's so fun so consequences is the same idea but with words so you would fold the paper into like 10 sections it's kind of like mad libs too so on your section it might say adjective and then you write an adjective Mm -hmm. and then you fold it and pass it on and then the next line might be noun or number or yeah. whatever and then when you're done you unfold it and then you have kind of like a mad lips thing that you read out and it's crazy okay. yeah whatever it's going to be yeah. yeah so that's consequences diana also mentioned a game called clumps this one sounds also a little dangerous and physical uh-huh. but fun maybe so you, you need a lot of people in the room one person gets to be the caller and you will call out a number like four Everybody in the room, say there's 20 people in the room. You need to make a clump of four people. So you could do five clumps right there and that would Uh work. But if it's not the right amount, like if there's 20 people in the room and you say seven. Oh, no. My terrified of math brain is like freaking out right now. Well, right. So you want to get in a group (gasps) of seven and you can't be the eighth person to try to clump on. And then if you can't make a clump of seven with anybody else, then you're out. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's like the last two people standing are the winners. Again, just an excuse for men and women to rub up against. Oh, each yeah. Other. And the, I can just picture like the Midford sisters just screaming and oh, playing yeah. these games whenever yes. they got the chance. <laughs> totally. I, yeah. Yeah. There's also a game that she mentioned called Dumbo Crambo. And it's kind of like the reverse of charades. So the person who's going to be the actor, the mime, leaves the room and the audience 
comes up with a word that they want the person to guess when they come back in. So the mime person will come back in, the audience will give them a word that rhymes with the correct word. So they might say fly, and then the actor has to figure out that the word is actually cry, and he would have to pantomime cry. Sounds complicated. Sounds lame. Not into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not too much fun. (laughs) This next one, though, gets a little more dangerous. How about Snapdragon? Have you heard of this one? No, but I like that name. What is that all about? I okay. feel like I like it. It's, it involves fire. Okay. That's always fun. Yeah. I can see actually some listeners maybe giving this a go and uh, we bear no responsibility. I want to like legally. Do not try this at home. Do not try. Well, yeah. Or do, but don't blame us. Yeah. Yeah. Officially do not try this at mm-hmm. home. You need brandy. You need a shallow dish. You need some currants if you're in the uk we would probably use raisins here because nobody eats currants here a lighter or matches or something like that so you put the raisins and the brandy in the shallow dish then you light it on fire and then everybody has to take turns trying to quickly snatch the raisins out of the dish and pop them in your mouth without suffering third degree burns in the process wait a second this is Victorian. Can you imagine all those dresses and dresses everything and playing and the with? Curtains That's terrifying. And the doilies. I know, no, no, no. So I think you have to be drinking. For- yeah, to actually drinking that brandy to actually attempt this one. That sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah. I know. And can you imagine like they're drunk and they're playing with fire? Oh, no, 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 no. There was actually a lot of fire and hot candle wax kind of games that I found. I, there was another one that involved burning candles. It was kind of like bobbing for apples, but the candles were somehow like hanging. And I don't know if there were apples underneath, but they had to try to bob the apple underneath the candle and bite it without the hot wax falling on their face. Wow. From the candle. <laughs> I don't know. They are really getting desperate for entertainment. Yeah. 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 In time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a bunch of pyromaniacs, basically. Um, there's another kind of cute one I found mentioned online called the courtiers. And there were a lot of varieties of this where basically somebody plays the king or the queen and they stand in the center of the room and everybody that's circled around them are the courtiers and they have to repeat whatever movement the king or queen makes without laughing. And I could see that one getting pretty body. Yeah, for sure. Depends on who you want people to laugh. So you're going to go as far as you can. Yeah. Yeah. And then speaking of body, there's another one I found that is just plain ridiculous. And it dates all the way back to the Middle Ages. So well before the Victorians, but maybe some Victorians were playing this one too. It's called hot cockles. Ooh, yeah. That sounds like something. You're like, I already know where this is going. Oh yeah. (laughs) Not subtle. Are you pointing at your cod piece while you say that? All right. Kind of like blind man's bluff. A guy will be blindfolded, kneels down Oftentimes, he is told to place his head in a woman's lap. So he's kneeling on the floor. And then the other guests around him will either kick him or spank him in the ass. And he has to guess who has done it. Remember the movie Amadeus, the Mozart movie? Yeah. And it's like so body. I could imagine courtiers in that kind of milieu playing something like that and just being so body and raucous and crazy. Oh, yeah, you're right. I I wouldn't be surprised if they did not do that in Amadeus. Totally. But, you know, 
I think we should refrain from playing that one this year's Eve. Let's be the adults in the room and say no to hot cockles. Totally. And on that note, that's all for today's episode. But remember to join us for a new episode starting February 7th. Yes, we'll see you then. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Our theme song was written and performed by Jenny Malone, and our logo was designed by Harriet Grant. Lost Ladies of Lit is produced by Kim Askew and Amy Helms. 